You're so sensitive today. You need a hug? Try it on Terry. <laughs> you say the thing laughable at Terry, and then we'll see how the show goes. <laughs> I'm going to hurl obscenities. <laughs> This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, hi kids, welcome back to the RC Roundtable. Terry, how you doing? I'm good. How the heck are you, Fitz? I'm jolly good. Awesome. <laughs> and Lee, top of the morning to you. Morning. It's morning somewhere. <laughs> it's afternoon here. Good afternoon, Fitz. Good afternoon, Lee. Hello, listeners. All right. Let's get this show on the road. I have a question. Yeah. What is the CG location for a Zaggy? That's our topic. I'm changing things up a bit. Eight and a half inches behind the nose. Are you sure? Um, I think so. I'm running it's it down. It's just one of those things that's seared into my brain. I am writing what? that down. I just finished that Zaggy I got. <clears throat> And I've been looking for that, and I figured you guys know. So, eight inches, eight and a half inches behind nose. I am ready to fly that this weekend. Man, so, nice. let's go on. Thank you very much. We can continue now. You can fly that. No, we are always, always talking model aviation. Along those lines, let me see if I'm weird. So, Fitz, how far do you open the needle valve on a Cox 049? Two and a half turns. See? Okay. It's not just me. Certain <laughs> things just get imprinted in there. Two and a half <laughs> Never turns. to be forgotten. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing how they just comes back to that. <laughs> you going to fly the Zaki stock? I am. All I've done is changed it out from a, uh, whatever, was it eight round cells? <laughs> to, uh, cause it's a, it's a brush motor, but I'm going to put a, uh, 2100 2S in it. Yeah. I was wondering if you can get it to balance with night lithiums. Uh, it's pretty light. So I, I, I'm way tail heavy right now. Yeah. Yeah. I built an ultralight one a while back and I had to put the motor in the nose. But it flew great. All right. Well, good luck with it. Let us know how it runs. You bet. So do we have a show? We have a show. In fact, Sweet. Let's start off with apparently E-Flight has to, to produce one UMX plane a month, apparently, because they just come out with a new Wildcat F4F. It's a, really a looker, actually. I kind of like it. Uh, big surprise. Uh, it's 20-inch wingspan, runs on 2S. Lithiums. Uh, videos look like it flies really nice. It's a classic uh, World War II era Navy plane. Thoughts? Yeah, they're really spitting these UMX planes out there, aren't they? Yeah. I swear they're averaging once a month for the past uh, few months so far. But I agree with you. It looks good. It's got the right outline. and They even have that complex landing gear. It doesn't retract, but... They've replicated it well. <laughs> That's my one Sorry. criticism. <laughs> if I'm going to be Mr. Negative, I was like, can't they make that work? <laughs> can't there be one little UMX servo to pull that gear up? And then when I saw how they did, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like the full scale. They have a little crank on the transmitter. You have to turn it 29 times. <laughs> no, you need a second transmitter just to do it. <laughs> it's like one of those little um, musical things that kids have that you wind up, the little tiny crank that like, like a jack-in-the-box? Like a yeah, jack-in-the-box like jack or something, yeah. <laughs> Fitz was denied a jack-in-the-box. Yeah. I saw the kids across the street have one. I wish I had one. <laughs> well, actually, I agree with Lee, though, that 
they they would have had a major coup if they could have had a little servo pull up the gear in flight oh, and retract. Could you imagine that? I mean, I have to say I like their unique method here when I saw the video because I kind of fast forwarded at one point and I saw the gear up and I was like, oh my God, how they do that? And then realized it's like a little rubber, you know, I don't know, what do you call that? Template or something that goes over the, the gearbox as an alternate for grass landings. But I was like, yeah, I think if they could have gotten that little thing to retract, I'm sure it, it would have been weak as heck, and I'm sure they tried it. But I was like, wow, that would have been neat. No, I think it's better this way, because adding complex gear like that would just drive the price up, and a lot of people actually wouldn't care. But with this, the guys who are crafty can go and make their own. I, I wasn't talking logic. I was saying it would have been neat. So, yeah, I figured, I figured the price would have gone up but they would have made a killing on replacement landing gear <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah it's she's pretty quick yeah it looked like it flew really nice uh, i was uh, quite impressed with the, the flight video i saw uh, so good for them on that except for landing gear good for them well my my corsair is probably as quick as that thing in, in the video so, I mean, I enjoy it. it I, I prefer flying without the gear anyway, so you're right. I, I like what they did here as, as far as the solution of uh, having the gear, you know, a gear option so you could do both. So, yeah, neat. And, yeah, the details are pretty nice. Do you think this hints at maybe the the larger Corsair coming back? Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I said Corsair, the larger Wildcat? Maybe. Never know. Cause it I mean, seemed popular, but it went away. Well, Warbirds are always cycling, so... What do you mean? Well, you always see, you know, the Corsair come out in the Alpha, and I know I saw a lot of the field, and then it kind of disappeared, and then the Spitfire was popular, because remember Park Zoo came out with the Spitfire, that was really big, and then the Thunderbolt came out, so then people were doing Thunderbolts. There was that Tar Heel one from, was it Top Flight? The bigger one. Right. So, you know, I think, I think yes, we'll see a probably larger Wildcat. Okay. All right, well, now for something completely different. This popped up, and I immediately really liked it. I don't know why, but uh, Horizon has a Alpha Patrol boat, one of those uh, boats you see in the, all those old uh, Vietnam War movies, uh, river patrol boat kind of thing. This is 21-inch, uses twin jet drives, and it has uh, a, a, a servo-controlled machine gun on the front that you can kind of rotate back and forth. And I thought that was just really neat. Uh, all olive drab, and it, you just you look at the thing and you think Apocalypse Now when you see it. Yeah, that was another surprise that just popped up. And, uh, Can you I put a little cutout of Michael Sheen out there? Yeah. Martin? <laughs> yeah. Was that his name, Martin? Martin Sheen. Oh, Martin Sheen. Martin, yeah, Martin, Martin Sheen. Excuse me. Yeah. So yeah. that was going to be my first question. What scale is it, and can you find figures to, to go in the boat? I don't know. It's 20 inches long. I don't know how big the real one is. Hmm. Um, it's funny because it, it looks good. It needs people. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. These some little three-inch figures or something that you can stick on there, GI Joe or something. It's like an open cockpit biplane with you nobody flying it. Yeah, I think it'd be fun if you you detail it up, maybe weather it a bit, throw some figures on it. Maybe add some machine gun sounds to it. Maybe be kind of fun. Oh, thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I have enough time to do this while we're on here, but I want to say, didn't the the boat in Apocalypse Now even have a whole bunch of uh, uh, material, you know, uh, camouflage like stuff sticking on it? And stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I think it I, did. I haven't like, seen that movie in a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, it's been a long time. 
I'm tap. You hear me typing feverishly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I bet you could. If someone got creative, I bet they could copy the the look from that boat. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Just for fun. Yeah, you get something at least reasonably replica of it, and modify the rigging. <laughs> get that gun to work. <laughs> yeah, it's not something uh, I normally go for, but it's not terribly fast. It's it's more of a scale speed kind of boat, but it just looked like a neat thing to to kind of poke around the the pond with. Yeah, looking at a couple of stills, they had, uh, you know, uh, the roof was gone, so they used, you know, bamboo or something on top. Oh, really? For the canopy. (laughs) I never noticed that. There you go. That's your your job. You get the boat and rig it up, Fitz. Yeah, that could be fun. Isn't that half the fun of any model? Oh, guess what? I've already seen an RC patrol boat. (laughs) There's one on on the picture here. Someone actually did make one to look like it. So (laughs) half your job's already done. What is neat, though, is it uses the actual jet drives. It doesn't use propellers. It's got the, the pump jet kind of, uh, which I believe the real ones had, as a matter of fact. So does that make it able to go through vegetation, things like that? Uh, I think reasonably. You know, really shallow water, and uh, you still have the possibility of ingesting vegetation through the pump jet, but I think it's more resilient to vegetation than propellers. They're brushed motors. Yeah, was it speed 300s or 300 size motors? They said three, 390s. Oh, okay. Which is, I guess, slightly longer 380, which are relatively small motors. But there are two of them. Oh, it yeah. says one on here, but there are two drives. There's two. Hmm. Well, the, thing I said, okay. said, the thing I have says two, two brush motors. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's this conflicting is, on the website. This is new, right? Yeah. So here are my questions. They're running a brush motor and they're recommending a nickel metal hydride battery. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can come up with this is, hey, here's the upgrade for it. But yeah, that it's is lipo compatible. Yeah, it says they can use a 7.4 volt lipo. Yeah, but I'm talking. Let's put some brush motors in that thing. Let's get that thing cruising, man. You brushless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess brush motors are cheap. Um, another thing I noticed that was uh, odd is this is Horizon, which is Spectrum. Uh, and it comes with a radio, but they're not using the uh, DSM. They're using FHSS. This is interesting. Is that um, they have? Did they have problems with D, DMX with um, surface vehicles or water vehicles, or is it just something that normally they use on their car? I thought they were all spectrum. All right, I'm about to talk about things I am really dumb on, but isn't DSMX uh, just a a brand of frequency hopping spread spectrum? It depends on which one you're talking about. DSMX, I understand, is the closest to frequency hopping. The first two weren't really frequency hopping, or I recall. Um, but I don't think they ever call them FHSS. Hmm. There's some nuances. I, I can't remember all the details, but uh, the DSMX... Um, did something differently than FHSS in the way it worked. Uh, and it I even says, it even says it's not compatible with their DMA, DSMX. As a matter of Interesting. fact, I saw that somewhere. Okay. And it's not cheap. I mean, 21 inch is not a big boat and it's 250 bucks. That's ready to run. Does it include the battery? No, you have to add a... Nope, you need a, a battery. Six, so. 
Yeah, either the light. Oh, here it is. Yeah, you're right. Needed to complete is a battery and charger, and just some double A's. Yeah, so it's not cheap. Yeah, it's a little yeah. But it, it's a custom kind of rig, so I I can see that. And I bet those jet drives are not cheap or easy to make. So it's cool. So the question is, Fitz, would you buy it or will you buy it? I'd consider buying it. I don't know if I would or not. It would be nice if it, if you can get it without the transmitter and get it at a lower price, I think would be preferable to me. I use my own transmitter. PNP, huh? Yeah, because I already have a multi-memory surface transmitter I could use. It'd be redundant to have yet another transmitter when I already have one that does 10 models or whatever. Send them a note. Yeah. But anyways, I just thought that was pretty neat. Now, have you guys seen those little jet drive racing boats, full scale? And they race through these, I don't know what they're called, the ditches that have all these turns in them. They've got one guy driving the boat and another guy that navigates by pointing. You mean the one guy who's holding on for dear life? No, they both are. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have seen those. Those are jet drives? Yeah, I believe oh, so. I didn't realize yeah. they were jet oh, drives. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. They're just insane. They are. In fact, I saw a video one. He he didn't quite make a turn and ended up uh, on terra firma and rolling. I think he rolled the thing a few times. Yeah, that's not rare either. <laughs> Man, those guys are you know, death wish or something. Huh? Yeah, and they're crazy agile and fast. And it's neat well, to watch. I don't think I'd ever want to do it. Yeah, I think I want to live. But yeah, you're right. It is exciting to watch. So I have a question. Have Does Horizon currently sell a jet boat for something like that? Didn't I see one? Didn't they release one about a month yeah. ago? Yeah, they've got another one. It's a racing boat that's a jet drive. I think it's got Isn't a bigger it motor. Tiny? It's real tiny and really fast because I think it's a bigger motor. Okay. I wonder if it's the same drive unit. Just or, the one motor? It may not have a bigger motor. I may be wrong on that, but I did see one. It was significantly faster than this in the video. Interesting. And I've seen, I don't know if they're toy grade, but I have seen replicas of those jet drive racing boats too. Mm. And they seem to be about as... Agile is the full scale. So if I find those, I'll send you guys links. Okay. All right. Last thing. The stick mover. This is one of those things that you, you, you see that you go, hmm, well, that's interesting. Hmm. You know, that might be a pretty good idea. Hmm. I don't know. You know what? That might be a good idea. Well, wait a minute. I don't know. I initially thought, hey, that's pretty cool, and then I'm becoming more and more skeptical. So I need you to sell this for me. First of all, explain what it is. Maybe I missed that point. Okay, this is ostensibly for learning advanced aerobatics, or even simple aerobatics. Instead of practicing on a simulator, the moves, and seeing what it does, this one actually moves the sticks for you. So you say, hey, I want to know how to do a rolling loop, and this will show on the screen the model doing a rolling loop, and it'll move the sticks in the way you're supposed to do it. And then you sort of shadow the sticks around, and I guess you do that enough times, you get a muscle memory in how to do whatever maneuver you're trying to learn. And so this thing has motors and the gimbals. It kind of looks like a regular transmitter, just really plain looking. And apparently there's motors and the gimbals that move the sticks, and you sort of follow it around with your fingers. And you can, I guess, download or, or purchase additional aerobatic maneuvers or whatever, even if you're flying a helicopter or airplane or quad. And so there's a company, I don't know where they are, but it looked like they're like in somewhere in, in, in Nordic uh, England, uh, Europe, like Sweden or Denmark or something. And they have a Kickstarter for it. 
Uh, and I think they're yeah. Just my luck, it'll be a mode one transmitter. And it'll <laughs> yeah. be completely off. You know that's a good point. Yes, they do fly mode one over in Europe for the most part. So no, the thing I read said you can select a bunch of modes. Uh, I assume mode two is one of them. So I don't know if I can sell it to you because I don't know if I had it if I had ever really use it. I think it's just as easy for me just to practice and fumble around on a simulator until I get it right. But I, I don't know. I haven't tried it so. <laughs> My version of the stick mover was me flying and my dad saying, up, 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 give me that transmitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sticks would move properly. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a, this is the thumbs down for me. I, I don't see this happening because, no offense, but some planes just don't fly like the sticks say that they should. And I don't know about you guys, but you, you saw my Cessna wing and how warped it was. It wasn't flying with the way the sticks normally fly. I had to really, you know, stand on one leg and tilt my head to the left to get that thing to fly steady. And that's a problem with the plane, not necessarily the controls of the stick. So, I don't know. It's, it, it's a gadget, not necessarily, a, in my opinion, a good teaching tool. You may have jokingly, but I've actually done that to students where they're holding a transmitter and they're in a spiral dive into the ground. And there's no time to grab the transmitter, so I just reach over and grab, and move the stick even with their fingers are still on it. And they come out of their death uh, dive or whatever. Uh, so, I've been a manual stick mover on quite a few of them opportunities you're like the creepy tennis coach that reaches around to help with the swing <laughs> let me help you with that follow through <laughs> uh, no back and forth back and forth <laughs> you guys are twisted <laughs> i told you not to tell anybody yeah i don't know i, I mean yeah we can show it to people and, and hopefully you know people will respond on our Facebook page, comment, let us know what they think. Cause yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I see some people liking it. And honestly, I have no idea how those guys fly those 3D copters. I mean, I, I'm watching their hands going back and forth, and I'm there's just no way I, I have that ability to to process a copter's movement that quickly. So those sticks would just be going back and forth, left and right, and I'd probably break a thumb trying to keep up with it. <laughs> well, that would be neat if you could slow down the playback. As I understand it, they've got some sort of computer interface that plays a video of what the model is doing while it does the feedback to the transmitter that you're holding. So if you could slow it down to kind of build your own speed, I think that would be helpful, but it still seems very limited. Oh, you mean like a slow motion kind of thing? Yeah, because the, yeah. the footage that I watched showed it full speed, and like Lee's saying, it's just a blur of the sticks moving around. And yeah. How do you get to the point where everything's overwhelming down to where it makes sense? That's a good point. And I was thinking it would be tremendously more useful if you could use it as a slave, not necessarily to control a model, but so that while your instructor is flying an actual airplane in front of you, it's feeding back those controls to your stick. I it, like that. That's That I'm starting to go with. If you had someone holding the other transmitter and they could actually feel how you're controlling, that's, that's a good idea, Terry. I like that. That's Yeah, I think that's a much better implementation of this. Because that's something I just... Quick, email them now before this show podcast airs so we (laughs) can get some credit for it. And see, when you first sent this link to me, that's what I thought it was. And so then the more I learned about it, I'm like, oh, it's only on video. And tell me if I'm wrong about any of this. But it seemed like you have to play this interface on your computer and they have a library of certain maneuvers. And that's the only sort of training they have. Yeah, that's what I gathered from information. There's a, there's a library, and you have to pay a, a buck or two for additional maneuvers to add to the library. 
uh, versus whatever it comes with. I don't know. Uh, but but you make a good point, Terry. That's exactly what I've done for very very new flyers. Is they'll hold a transmitter if I don't, and a lot of times I'll be the stick mover and say this is how you make a turn, this is how it feels, the bank, at elevator, or whatnot. And that's basically an automated version of what you were saying, uh, Terry. Uh, link it to a trainer transmitter and have it maybe on a switch. Where you can turn it on and off. And that that I think that will be the optimum implementation of this type of training aid. So, yeah, I think the core technology they've come up with has promise, but the the way they're using it now is no, it doesn't excite me. Yeah. You know, Terry, I got to tell you, you've changed me from just like poo-pooing this little thing to like, okay, let's move on to now that you've mentioned an idea that I think is truly unique. I think that is, that is a really great uh, opportunity to say, hey, this is how we're going to move the plane. Okay. We're going to lift some up here. I mean, because like you mentioned, Fitz, and I've done this for kids, put my hands on top of their hands and, you know, tell them to put their thumbs there and I'll, I'll control it. But they're too intimidated by that. So I think the idea of they can just hold on to the transmitter and just see what the plane's doing while you're giving the inputs and actually trying to keep it flying normally. Like this plane needs a little bit of rudder, so we're going to push some rudder here, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. I've swayed Lee's opinion. You did, man. I mean, well, if, in fact, they changed it to what you're talking about. Otherwise, just watching a video screen and trying to replicate it is not, in my opinion, a good training tool. But as a training transmitter, yeah, I'm all in. Because then whatever they do is not going to affect it. So you're not having to go back and forth. You're basically going to show them this is what this this plane needs. And just think, could you imagine if you were like on a field with someone doing a helicopter and then like holding the transmitter and watching those sticks <laughs> go back and forth on a 3D copter? I mean, you'd probably get entertained by it as well. Yeah, and I couldn't even tell if you can move those transmitter sticks manually. I imagine, I think they're attached to servo, so it's like moving the actual control for surface on an airplane where you're fighting that, the gear system in the motors. Yeah, that wasn't clear. My impression was you didn't have any independent control. You just shadowed it. Yeah. Dude, call, give them a call like right now. Whatever time it is over there, wake them up. <laughs> it's in Germany, right? So just tell them you've got a great idea and it's a better idea. Awesome. Hansel, we've got an idea. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. That's good. You know, if anybody's actually listening to our podcast, I expect we'll get some good feedback on here. I'd love to hear what people think about having a, a training device that would be responsive to the pilot. Or just as likely, if you scroll down further on the page, that's one of the features they've already come up with. <laughs> yeah, the little dot, dot, dot. Oh, yeah, and it does this. <laughs> Before you send us an email. <laughs> Rude Americans. Think they knew everything. We don't. You won't get credit. See, here's the thing. We've got this recorded here. They're not going to give you credit. That'll hold up in a court of law. <laughs> but it's in a podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we can move on. Good job, Terry. Thanks, man. Yeah. Hurry, let's switch to multi-rotors while I have Lee's ear. (laughs) (laughs) That ship sailed. (laughs) I don't know why we still run that little gig. All right, how about we switch to a break, and we'll be right back.
You know, we haven't talked about the workbench in a long time. Uh, I think it's a good time we all kind of see what's on each other's workbench. Uh, who wants to start? I'll start, because I have the saddest story. Oh. Yeah, right. So the, the answer to the question of what is on my workbench, I think, is everything. Oh. As you guys already know, I'm about to put my house on the market because I'm going to be moving cross-country. So my my workshop, which is also my garage, is in uh, upheaval, which is actually it's a normal state, but it's even more so now. So it's piles of things upheaval. On, <laughs> I know if you can imagine grande upheaval. Defcon five upheaval. Yeah, so I'm in the process of deciding what doesn't get loaded on a truck and what does and how to pack it and all those things. So, and in the meantime, I've got my my normal projects ongoing. So. It's chaos. Oh, well, the Save the Fits Fund is always open for model donations. I have to interrupt, <laughs> and I have to correct Fitz. Fitz not only cannot pronounce, but DEFCON 5 is the least severe. DEFCON 1 is the most severe. Just helping you out there, buddy. I watch war games. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I stand corrected. Well, how many old movies are we going to bring up tonight? How many old movies are we going to say, you know, I haven't seen that movie in a while. We're going to go binge watch on Netflix. <laughs> we got War Games and Apocalypse Now going. Well, since we're on that topic, I watched uh, Wayne's World last week. Introduced my, my son to it. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne's World, Wayne's Radical Hideous. Yeah, it, it wasn't as good as I remember, <laughs> but my son enjoyed it. It was ever but, good. But admit, you were bouncing your head during <laughs> the air guitar the, scene. The Bohemian Rhapsody? The Bohemian not, Rhapsody, yes. You're not human if you don't do that. <laughs> I lack the hair to really get into it, though. <laughs> I gotta go get one of those wings. Anyway, sorry wings. for that tangent. but uh, So th- that's what's on my workbench. <laughs> everything. Garth and everything. Yeah, you make more of a mess as you're cleaning up kind of thing. Uh, yeah, you just kind of throw things aside. You make different piles, and then you decide you know, which piles go in the garbage, which piles you set on fire, and which ones are perhaps worth moving. <laughs> it's deja vu all over again. Remember when you did that, you, when you moved from here? Right. That seems not so long ago. Yeah. It's funny how you Sigh. life repeats itself. You think you'd be able to take a good chunk of your stuff with you, or are you going to have to do a major uh, fire sale? I think... Space-wise, it shouldn't be much of an issue. It's the prospect of trying to pack airplanes that can't be broken down and, and things like that. So I've got a few that are kind of uh, definite keepers, so I know mm. I'd want to take those. But most of the stuff that I really value is small items that can be packed away, so mm. I think I'll be all right. Plus my 4 by 8 workbench on wheels. i got to figure out a way to take that. Oh, can you disassemble it? No, no. <laughs> but like it, it uh, you can store things inside of it, and it's on wheels. So as long as I've got room on the moving truck, then it's going. Yeah, wheel that sucker on there. Yeah, right. Are you going to a specific swap meet to get rid of stuff? Mm, I don't know. Weatherford. You're, yeah, you're Weatherford's coming way up. ahead of me. I think that's next month. Yeah, it is March seventeenth yeah. and eighteenth. I honestly, I doubt it, but who knows. Well, um, I think I should talk about my ongoing adventures with my 3D printed Spitfire. I actually got a chance to fly it last weekend. Hey, yes, we I haven't heard this. Finally, flew it. Yes, uh, I um, 
decided to use the motor out of my crazy wing. It seemed like the best fit for what I had laying around oh, the workbench. Yeah. That that great motor. The, oh, it, we need yeah. a nickname for that motor. The Uber motor. Uber motor. The, the, the uh, jack of all motors. Swiss yeah, Swiss uh, army motor or something. Yes, it, it's it fit in there really nicely and it had the, the perfect power setup for it. It we had a little bit of drama launching the thing. Uh, I had one of the club members give it a toss, and I'm not quite sure what happened, but it basically made a beeline for the ground. Uh, and even though it was in tall grass, it ended up snapping the wing off. Uh, overhand or underhand toss? Uh, I think he threw it overhand. Yeah, he threw Is there anything to grab underneath? Uh, kind of, sort of. He may have um, hit the tail up as he threw it, not realizing it. Because um, oh. as soon as I saw it heading towards the ground, I hit, hit up elevator, but it wasn't fast enough for it to take effect. Uh, and so my initial concerns about the the construction were correct and then it, a piece of it kind of just shattered off on the on the part of the wing that mouse the fuselage um, but with some uh, duct tape literally duct tape and uh, some perseverance I was able to patch it back together and the second launch went much better uh, at the field you patched it together at the field I patched it together yes All right. uh, just enough you know it wasn't enough to make more than just one flight just to see the thing would fly uh, and it's funny because I overcompensated on the up elevator. I figured, well, maybe I had some more up elevator. <laughs> when I launched it, the thing just kind of went up <laughs> at like a 60 degree angle. And I'm fighting the thing to get the down trim in it. Uh, but once it was trimmed out, it actually flew really nice. I was really impressed with it. Uh, the power setup was perfect. Uh, most of the flight was half throttle, third throttle. Uh, it was very stable, very, pretty fast, actually, pretty quick. Uh, I think it needs just a little bit more nose weight would be the only complaint I have. I think it was just right on the edge of being tail heavy. Uh, so it would snap out if I was too aggressive on the elevator. But uh, it went, grew right, quite well. Um, it kind of almost disappeared a couple of times because it's transparent or the uh, translucent filament I use. No markings? There's no markings. The... The control surfaces are opaque, but most of the fuselage and wings are all kind of half clear. So it was like flying Wonder Woman's airplane. It was. I was to... just about to say that. You <laughs> stole my joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh I had to gosh. keep it close. I'm looking forward to Fitz building a Wonder Woman jet <laughs> with a Wonder Woman character. This would make. <laughs> this was pretty close. If I had a little Wonder Woman figure, I, I, I probably, that would be a good joke. Uh, um, this was really close. No, no, that's a great idea. That is a great <laughs> I idea. I want to see that. If, should, even if you just had to make it a pusher, but I would love to see you do that in a, a you know, transparent jet. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> this will be close. So I could, add that to our list of old TV and movie references. There you go, yes. Wonder Woman. Uh, so, so I think their design was pretty good. I think there's some spots that may need to be beefed up a little bit. I'll see if I can get a more permanent fix. Uh, but it, it flew great, and I've already started printing out the P-38, as a matter of fact. And cool. that's got a billion pieces, so it's going to take a while. But, uh, it was funny, I walked into the hobby store, and I told one of the guys working there, I said, hey, I flew that 3D printed plane, and I, I showed it to him about a month or two ago. And he goes, uh, how much can you print a P-38 for me? <laughs> 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 so I'm going to ha- end up printing two P-38s, one's for them just to hang up in the store, and then one for me. Huh. So I have a question about your Spitfire. Yeah. I, I already know the answer, but I want to ask anyway. 
Is it possible if you could index any part of that model back on the bed of your 3D printer, could you add thickening layers or ribs or something to strengthen what you're talking about? Or do you have to start from scratch? No, theoretically I could do that. I could take the, the file and manually tweak it with another program. In fact, I did something like that. A friend of mine uh, has got a DJI Mavic, and he found something on Thingiverse, a little a cover for his camera uh, that you can 3D print. But it was only two-thirds of a cover, or not even that, maybe one-third of a cover. It still had the, You could still fly it almost with this cover on. The camera was still exposed, and he asked me, hey, can you take this uh, print? I'm sorry, can you take this print? and add something to it so it completely covers the camera when I snap it on. And so I was able to take the STL file and use another program and modify it so it now it's a complete cover of the camera, and he was real happy with it. So, yes, I could take the file and tweak it and, and modify it so it's a little more durable in that particular area, which is a good idea. If I ever print this thing out again, I actually probably will do that. Well, is the part inside an area that you can't reinforce before you glue them together? I mean, is it something it's, you can you can fix before you start assembling? Um, Versus having to reprogram all the the uh, whatever you call it code. Part of it was it was using the skin as the uh, stress point, so I'd have to reinforce the skin. So the skin either needs to be thicker, or I could laminate something onto the skin to make it more durable. So the answer to the question is, yeah, kind of. I could have done something if I known it was going to break there beforehand. And I may still be able to patch it, too, as a matter of fact. So um, I, I haven't had a, taken a long look at it yet. I kind of, after I flew it, it's sitting on <laughs> on the workbench <laughs> uh, for me to go and see if I can do some more permit repairs. So the question that you answered isn't quite what I asked, although that was going to be my next question. So what you just said is that you can modify the files that you bought to do whatever you want to with them. Yeah, pretty much. My question is, if you've got a 3D printed part already in your hand mm. and you want to modify it, is there a way to add more to that oh, physical Oh, I see what you're saying. I misunderstood your question. Sorry. Well, yes. I mean, it's like anything. You could, I could glue some strips of other plastic onto it. I could theoretically print another part and glue it on to reinforce it. Or you I meant... And your printer, is there a way to index the nozzle so that it knows oh. where the existing part is and you just pick up where you left off? Uh, uh, or is that too complex that's to That's probably too complex to do to be practical. I'm not going to say a hard no, but I'm going to say not likely. Okay. It would be better to do it in the software first and then print it out. Not, well, sure, but not when while you're, you're printing about it. A plane like this with these big parts that take hours and hours, you don't want to well, toss one. The, the fuselage is built in sections, so I could. There's one piece that's only maybe an hour to print or something that broke. Uh, you know, oh, I could okay. even theoretically cut that off and re glue another piece on if I wanted to. If I, weren't, if I whipped out the Dremel tool or a little uh, uh, razor saw or something, I could cut it out and put a new piece in if I wanted. You know, okay. Which may be an option. I'm still thinking about it. So. Okay, that answered my question. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And the P38? Well, I just started the P38, so uh, I, I've 
been printing for about 10 hours, I think, on it, or more. <laughs> There's a lot of pieces to that sucker. You got two booms. So the spinner's almost done. <laughs> the spinner's almost done. I think I've got the center fuselage and one, almost one of the booms done. Oh, okay. That's, and does it look right? Does it look like it did in the videos that the videos they had? I haven't put it together yet. Just it's all it's a box of pieces. Well, that's what I meant. Do the pieces look exactly like they did, or do you? <laughs> are you pleased with the pieces you have? I have no idea. I just printed the pieces out, stuck them in a box. Well, I. I guess my question is sometimes you hear about, you know, your 3D printers not aligned properly, the grooves aren't. Oh, correct. that's what you mean. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yes and not no. That it's together. Um, yes. It, it, they, they look fine. The printer's okay. printing. Well, it was. I did have a hiccup with the printer. Um, I had a latent issue I didn't realize was there. And I just. It started printing just fine. And then one of the last prints, something got messed up. And I was like, wait, this is not right. And I realized after some investigation, I found a little issue. And so. Um, I just printed out a new piece earlier today, and it just was just fine. So, yes, they're looking just fine. What we color went... are these parts? Uh, they're also clear. Okay. But this one is not meant to fly. I'm printing out the one for the hobby store first, so I'm just going to make it. They wanted a clear one. So that one's clear. But I did br uh, buy some silver or gray filament, and so mine will probably be gray. Solid color. Not hot pink? They make hot pink. You want a hot pink one? Actually, actually, you know what would be cool? <laughs> Go dark red and make a yippee. The 5000 P38. They, they did a special paint job for it? Yeah, yeah. Yippee is all bright red. From the factory? Yeah, it's gloss oh. red and then the bottom in big letters. It says yippee. yippee. Oh, yeah, you're right. I've seen that. I didn't realize that was a factory. Though. I thought it was just a... No, it's uh, the 5000 P38. Wow. I thought that was Tony Levere's personal one. Maybe. So it looks like we have some homework before the next episode. Yeah. But I do have red plastic, so I could do that too. There you go. Hmm. Hmm. I have something to consider. All right, enough about me. What's on your workbench, Lee? I got a lot of stuff. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a podcast uh, shortly come out for the uh, uh, when Fitz and I went to the Graben Estate. And while we were there, Fitz and I had already. Uh, requested a couple of kits and i think i mentioned the vampire uh, that's the kit that dave graven colonel dave uh, got me into and i i thought it'd be great to have that as a as a little brother to mine or big brother rather but while we were there we, we took a lot of photos interviewed a lot of people and i kind of waited to see how things were dying down and there were just a couple of planes that were just sitting out and i've got a few of them and what was neat though is there were a couple of foamy planes that were just in terrible shape and, you know, Tom was like, well, you know, if you want it just for the servos, that's great. Well, that's what I did. I, I picked up like the, uh, the, what was it called? The, the little amphibian plane. Do you remember what it was called? Fitz? Icon? The, no, 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 no. The, was it Coots? Yeah. Oh, I don't the know. Acoots? It looks like a Lake Buccaneer. Acoots. It's a little amphibian. I think it was like something that you saw on a uh, James Bond. A Coot A. That's it. Spell it. A coot. C-O-O-T. A coot amphibian plane. Oh, yeah. Some little hobby king jobby, I guess. And, uh, he, <laughs> and Tom had one. He said, it's a terrible flyer. you got to upgrade it. And I was like, well, I don't really don't want to take it. So he said, well, if you just want the servos, you can have it. And I gave that to Austin to play with. And he's all over it because he just wants to make it a boat in the pool. And then uh, <laughs> he had an F-35 that was smashed up. And 
again, I just wanted the receiver that was in there. So he made me a deal and I gave that to Ryan. So I got a couple of planes that I was pulling parts from, but you know, my, my treasures have been the, the vampire. I also picked up a, a, a Triddle P6 Porter, right? P6 Porter, uh, Pilatus Porter, and a Kyosho T33. And uh, a Kyosho needs a lot of work. I've always wanted one, so it's just something that needs to be tweaked up. Whoever uh, butchered the EDF fan assembly in there did a really poor job. Because they upgraded they their shame. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to have to tear the whole fuselage in half again, but it's just not shimmed very well. So I, I might just get it to fly and then uh, come back and spend more time to fiberglass it and, you know, clean up the uh, air duct. Uh, and that's something we should save for a future episode. I think there is a very select handful of models that have either maintained or increased in value over time. Most models are like computers or cars. They deteriorate in value very quickly but that's not true about all of them and i think that t33 is one that's really hung on it has and it's funny because we also uh knew knew a friend up there who had a new inbox kyosho t33 and right now they go for about 150 to 200 dollars, and that's more than what it was i think at first Uh, but it's so easy to as we mentioned in another episode when we were talking to keith at best that you know it's these old planes that were really meticulously built and in design for so much weight you had to include for, you know, round cells and brush motors. So when you put it a brushless motor in there in a LiPo, it just, it tears up the sky. So I, I'm really looking forward to flying it. it. It does need a lot of work and it might be one of those projects I spend many years on slowly, you know, getting it to look at really pretty. Cause I went online to look at some and wow. I mean, they're beautiful. These guys who fiberglass them and put a lot of panel details and stuff. They're just great. And one reason I, I liked that he had one is because there's that famous incident where he was taken off and one of the door panels came up, you know, and there's a picture of him standing next to a T33 in the grass at the end of the runway. A full scale. A full scale. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, that's the picture I want to get. (laughs) And then, you know, maybe paint it gray and just have fun with it. So So I read that story. I think something he was taking off, he was going to ferry this T33. Mm -hmm. This is Colonel Dave. He took off and this was in Canada and then a panel door on the wing popped open just after he took off, and he had enough runway left to put it back down on the ground, but overran the runway trying to stop and put it in a ditch. Was it the wing or the nose? I thought it was a nose. Was it the nose? Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe it was an access panel on the nose. Well, whatever opened up changed the flight characteristics of the aircraft yeah. greatly, and you know he did the right thing. But I just love the fact that he's just standing next to it. Here's, here's the plane in the grass. <laughs> yep, uh-huh. And, and he wasn't a young whippersnapper back then. I mean, it, that's great for him. So He's almost an ace. <laughs> wow. He, really? He punched out of an F-100, an F-105, and he... Well, I don't know if he killed the T-33. <laughs> anyway. And that's not a knock against his flying skills. Just uh, I think that speaks to how many hours he put in different cockpits. That stuff happens. So, you know, I'm dealing with all those new planes that I'm working on, but we've got a huge uh, swap meet this weekend for our club. And I'm cleaning out some of the corners of my hobby shop uh, to put some stuff on sale. So a couple of planes I didn't think I'd get rid of, but I said, you know, I really don't fly it. Um, I guess I'm going to try to get rid of them. I don't expect a lot of mo- a lot of money for them. But one thing is that the last time I was at the our swap meet, you know, in, indoors, I didn't sell a thing. 
was very frustrating. So I'm not bringing anything I brought that time. I'm going to bring totally different stuff this time. And and uh, hopefully we'll have fun because it's also fun flying. Ryan will be with me, and you know he'll he'll probably make more money selling candy than me selling my plane parts. <laughs> Were you really trying to sell them? How much for this uh, ultra micro vapor? One million, million dollars. Uh, no, there's just a couple of kits I had. And, you know, some balsa, boxes of balsa I got at best that, you know, I wasn't going to build. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I, I'm, I've been in my workshop a lot more uh, recently. And I was mentioning that, you know, one of my hopes this year is to get more busy. So, uh, yeah, I've got some stuff on my, my table. In fact, do we want to talk about the recent uh, thing I got in the mail that, you know, I put on Facebook. <laughs> it's out there. Why not? One of my workshop things has is a new pair of Quantum Cyclops version two FPV goggles from Hobby King. <laughs> In the music. And who are you and what have you done with Lee? <laughs> I kid you not. First person I called was Terry. He's like, what's this warm feeling over me after I flew my quadcopter FPV? And it was fun. It was it was really fun. I will tell you, I I, I called Terry all the time just to, to hassle with him. But I was like, you really can't stand and do FPV if it's the first time. you got to sit down. It's quite dizzying because you really don't know where you are. But I was really, what I really liked is I used the little Cricut cam I got from ReadyMade RC and put it on my World Tech Toys quadcopter and had a good signal. And I flew that thing around, and it was fun. It was real fun. And then the boys came home from school, and each of them had the headset on. They thought it was fun. You know, of course, Austin's begging to have me can move the camera to his quad. And uh, we had a good time. Now, my goal for this purchase was to tweak the Hobby Shack Cessna that I have. We brought it to Best, and I had a camera on it, and we showed it on a TV. And so what I want to do is bring it back to our field and then try flying an FPV with a, a newer camera rig that I got from ReadyMade RC. This is the, the Rumcam 600V, what is it called? Uh, uh, I don't have the top of my head. And one of their newer transmitters. So should be fun. And I'm, I'm going to bring that with me this weekend for the swap meet to, to give, a, give a try. Were you able to wear it with your glasses or could you, uh, could you take them off? And I, I took my glasses it? off. It was easier. And I, I like the fact that the Quantums have a little you know adjustable magnifier in there. So there was a little spot that was nice and, I mean, and the Cricut cam is decent. It's certainly not really high quality, but for just in the cul-de-sac, I could see really well. So it was a mix of both the, the quantum goggles and the Cricut cam quality of the camera. So I didn't have any issues flying. Now, there was some signal loss uh, in some spots, but I wasn't flying very far. I kept it really close. So nothing like you see on these guys, you know, flying down hallways and outside rooms and, you know, around trees and stuff. I can't imagine going that far with this little setup, but who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So this is, I'm now, I'm no longer an FPV virgin. Whoa. I have done it. I have taken the step folks. You're a man now. Huh? Uh, now it's time to go get a racing quad, right? Yep. Wait, did it, was that me? Did I, did I just <laughs> say that? <laughs> Join the dark side. Maybe I'll get that Manta, since nobody posted pictures of a really cool black Manta, you know. You're talking FPV about that flying wing? Yeah. Okay. So I can go black it up now, put a little tail on it, get, 
Get what I've always wanted. <laughs> I need some time to process this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I don't know what to say. This is just... Up is down, black is white. Yeah, dogs and cats living dogs together. Dogs and cats are living together. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question. When's the last time you did FPVE fits? Uh, a week or two ago. Doing what? Was it the Mavic? Um, uh, both the Mavic and the, my the Rise RX D250 racing Does quad. Does that count FPV for, a, for an aerial photography quad? No. That doesn't count, does it? Were you flying it that way? Uh, half like and half. The... Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, at one point it got out of visual range, so yeah, I was flying it. Dope. Uh, well, somebody else was watching it. <laughs> my dog. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bunch of people watching it, so I was looking down. Uh, but I did fly my my racing quad a couple of weeks ago. Actually, uh, Jeff and I were out kind of practicing a little bit with them. Cool. We've been trying to, to force ourselves to practice a little more just to get the feel for them. Maybe one day race with other people or something. Yeah, that's one of those skills that fades if you don't keep it sharp. Yeah, it's tough to fly it in and to get the feel because it flies. These things kind of fly weird, and it's just it's almost a reflex muscle memory to get them just right to get the right altitude. I kept for me, it, I fly around and next thing I know, I'm at 200 feet or something <laughs> up. I'm like, wait, how did that happen? Within a half a second, you know, I went from two feet above the ground to 30 feet above the ground. You know, the real my that's my biggest problem is trying to keep a good altitude, a good constant altitude as I go around. You need a stick mover. Was that it, Lee? Uh, I've got lots of stuff, but I think that's enough for the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask, what's your next step for FPV? I mean, I heard you toss around a few ideas, but... Well, I'm not going to get one of those Rise house disturbers, but I might get a uh, Inductrix <sighs> for, for Austin. He's been, he saw it, and he said that might be fun, so... We might get one of those. House disturber. <laughs> Disruptor. <laughs> Mangler? <laughs> oh, sorry. It says, I, it's called House Racer. I'm sorry. I, I, I misread that. <laughs> the Mangler. <laughs> the House Mangler. You uh, can paint that on the side of your goggles. <laughs> That's your... <laughs> the Mangler? <laughs> yeah. no. That's your call sign now. The God, Mangler. No. Mangler. <laughs> no. Daddy, daddy, my hair. Oh, man. I'm afraid to actually say the next part because then I know you're going to go, who in the heck are you? <laughs> but after flying my little my little World Tech Toy Quad, I was like, is there another one out there I would get? You know, I'd probably want to get like a 450 size. 450? Yeah. That's a huge a, jump. It, it is a big jump. But I don't, I don't want a tiny one. I'm not looking for racing. I'd like to have something I can just, you know, lazily fly around the, the trees and stuff in our cul-de-sac. Something simple. I don't want to, I don't okay. want to, I don't want to get those racers. They're just too small. My God, I was watching. Did you see the Rencam three video of the guys flying their little, the little racers? They were doing a comparison next to the. I don't know if I sent you that link or if you saw it, but it, they were doing a Rencam three cube versus a, a session, a GoPro session five. But those things were going so fast in a park, you know, with other people. It's like, man, someone has got to have been hit by one of those. You just, I don't know. They just, they're just way too fast. I, I want something more like, you know, I guess the Mavic, but not that, that pricey. Something that's a little bit bigger than what I have, though. That's not using, in this case, a geared motor on a brushed 
motor system. Yeah, I think there's happy mediums. You can, just because racing quads can be fast doesn't mean you have to fly them fast. Mm. And I think there are advantages to being that small. To a degree, um, I think at some point they get small and hard to outfit with getting all the gear in there cleanly. But something like a 250 size, I think, would be pretty good. Really? You don't think that's too small? No, 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 so. not at all. And they can be fast or slow. Um, yeah, but take a look at Fitz's next time you guys get together and and see what you think. Yeah, I've gone to 250s. Are, it's actually a really nice size. And what would you recommend? Each of you, you have one minute to answer the question. <laughs> I think... Starting with Miss Lubbock. Miss <laughs> Lubbock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> world peace <laughs> for all <World> drones <laughs> no I think and you've got enough pre-built quad experience even though it's not all pleasant I think you're ready to build one and having done that will make you a better enthusiast all around so I think you should get a kit and no, build no. one <laughs> I have experience unbuilding them <laughs> well, yeah. teardown is my, is my forte you're good at that um, but no, I think you should go through the process of building one and flight test has some good ones. They have the VersaCopter and you go through the whole scenario of setting up a flight controller. And for me, that opened my eyes to, to what would make flying better and easier once I realized how all those things worked. So I would recommend that for you. A 280 VersaCopter? Uh, I don't know what size they are, but yeah, something simple. But there's all kinds of kits out there that can be built and outfitted. I don't know. It's probably not any cheaper than buying a pre-built one. But just like with an RC car, once you know what's inside, you're you're better off. So that's my recommendation. Thank you, Miss Lubbock. Miss Clear Lake. <laughs> that's a tough question, but I, I'm inclined to agree with Terry. Uh, put one together, build it, get one of the well-known flight controllers, like a NASA or something. And that way you can program it and, more importantly, know how to tweak it so you can adjust the settings and optimize it for your flying. Uh, and there's some really clever quad designs out there. It's, from an engineering standpoint, you'd be pretty impressed how these some of these things get put together. Uh, and then you can pick and choose whatever you like and do a lot of research and see what, what the common components that people seem to like. Oh. Fits a 3D print one for you. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could 3D print a body for you. For parts of it. I don't want to program. I just want to have one that says here. I work great. No, you're doing it wrong. I'm bigger. I have brushless motors and can run on a 3S2200 battery. <laughs> That's all I want. So, it, you being a professional photographer, it's the difference between grabbing your Canon or using your iPhone. You can get pretty good results with an iPhone in certain conditions, and lots of people do, but once you know how to use that DSLR, the, your options are unlimited. Was that a good analogy? Okay. Does that make sense? Does that shame you but, sufficiently? But my iPhone fits in my pocket. <laughs> and the DSLR is heavy. <laughs> and expensive. Oh, well. I'll, I will look into something. For now, the cricket cam is fun, and I'll uh, I'll give you all feedback from the first flight with the Cessna. 
That we know be. you will. Oh. <laughs> did I'm, I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> you did. I, I'm going to guess if we went back to like one of the first five episodes, I'm pretty sure I heard Terry in the background going, one of us, one of us. <laughs> it's just taking you, you know, 20 episodes to get me there. So didn't your mother warn you, warn you about hanging out the wrong crowd? But, I'm proud of your growth. But he's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Eddie Haskells of the Mercy World. So, there you go. I, I have oh, one. Another old TV reference. Oh, I wasn't even planning I that. don't know. Who the hell is Eddie Haskell? Leave, Leave it to, it to Beaver. Beaver, man. That's Eddie. He's the sleazy neighbor kid. Oh. Oh. Hello, Mrs. Cleaver. He <laughs> <laughs> grew up into The Graduate. That, another movie reference for you. Oh, man. All right. Well, well while we uh, process the fact that Lee actually likes drones now. Oh, I, we'll, I didn't say that. Did not say that. Uh, you heavily implied it. <laughs> <laughs> did not say that. All right, so what is your stance? <laughs> I didn't inhale. You're drone curious? <laughs> drone, <laughs> drone curious. <laughs> is it cis drone? Oh, dang, Terry. <laughs> By drone? You're, you're quick-witted. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is. I think this is about all I can handle for this uh, episode. Uh, it's just too much for me. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you on the flip side and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts. Those who live in Las Vegas can listen to us over the radio at the all-new Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF LP Las Vegas.